0: Melchimp
1: Presents. Melchimp Presents.
0: Basically, you gotta make the best out of every moment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, we we're trying to really just identify ourselves on that record and give us a little backstory on how we came up. Mm-hmm. And for people to identify what we're saying and and take that and be motivated to do something better in their own lives. Like, that's dope, man.
1: There are few people on this earth like Big Boy. Since day one, his impact on the trajectory of hip hop has been immense, and the man is not even close to being done. It's not easy getting time alone with him, but when I was finally able to pull him away from the 20 different projects he's working on, he was worth every single delightful minute. The Jump is a podcast where I, Shirley Ann Manson, sit down with musicians and talk about the one song that changed everything. Hi, big boy. This is Shirley Ann Manson. I am a Scottish redhead. Have you ever spoken to a Scottish redhead before?
0: A Scottish redhead? Um, I'm not. <laughs> sh- I'm not too sure about that.
1: <laughs> I've been nervous all day because. Speaking to you is a big thrill for me. So thank you for coming to the mic. Oh, I really absolutely. appreciate your time. I know that you're a busy man, and thank you so much.
0: Hey, Anytime. Anytime? Yeah, anytime you need me. Can I, me, I'm can right I here. quote
1: you on that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are talking about a moment in your career where everything sort of changed for you and everything slotted together, and you sort of found your rhythm. Okay. You've sold 25 million records, which to me is literally, like, mind-boggling. You've had 25 years of success as a rapper. Yeah. You've been a pop star, a rapper, an actor. You're a dad. You're a dog breeder. I don't know. Somebody told me you breed owls. Is this true?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. I mean,
1: <laughs> <bit of> <laughs> <laughs> they broke the mold when you came out of the womb. Let's put it that way. Pretty much. Um <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to start basically by asking you: Did you go to a stage school, a theatrical school?
0: No, it was it was a school for the performing arts,
1: and that's where you met Andre Three Thousand.
0: Absolutely, in, wow! In tenth grade in high school.
1: So, in the midst of this, how did you find your instrument?
0: You know, from the time when I was smaller, like um, my whole family was into music. My grandmother, my father's mom, was actually in a singing group, which I later found out after my career started. But when I was real little, she used to send us to the record store to buy her records every week. We would buy everything from Temptations to Bob Marley and Pat LaBelle and the Isley Brothers and all types of soul music. And she would wear the records in the ground that weekend. So like every week, there would be a new song. And... That's kind of sparked my love of music and after that my mother's brother who was kind of like the weirdo in the family um uncle russell one of the weirdos yeah one of them he listened to <laughs> he was into everything from kate bush and the police and genesis and the beatles and you know everything that was outside of soul music and so mm-hmm. you know, my musical taste started really young, you know what I mean? I, I kind of dug a lot of it. Like uh, two of my favorite artists, number one, I say one A and one B of all time is Bob Marley and Kate Bush, and then number two would be N.W.A. Wow!
1: Yeah, incredible, <laughs> incredible education, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, I guess that was God's way of putting me on the path to finding my gift to, to see what I was put here on the Earth to do. And you know, by the time I moved to Atlanta permanently. I met my partner and it was just destiny and fate. And, I mean, that's that's how it was written in the books. And music is my life. I love making music to this day. I'm in the studio recording right now. Um, right now, making music is recreational. Like, I do it because that's what I love to do. It's like a plant with sunlight, you know. If I don't hear music for a day or so, I kind of get down, you know what I mean? So,
1: And do you think that sort of obsessive love for what sounds like all different types of music is one of the reasons why you have managed to navigate decades, literally, of shifting landscapes in music. You know, it's not easy to maintain a grasp at the top level that you have. That's so unusual, no?
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You know, um, I'm a music guy. You know what I mean? I, I love music. I love to create. And, you know, when you tap into different veins of sound, that brings excitement to me. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I'm a a gold miner looking for gold, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whether we come in the studio and we come up with songs or if we just come in the studio and we just vibe and have social commentary, everything goes into the music.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you play other instruments or is like basically your voice the main instrument?
0: Yeah, I mean, I play keys. I'm, I'm a producer as well. I program drums and things like that. Like uh, Me and my partner started producing on the AT Aliens album Right. Um with songs like Elevators and the title track A.T. Aliens. And then from there we went on to produce on Every Record after Southern Playlistic. Right. Yeah, a lot of and people did don't. Did you know ever that.
1: play like in choir or like orchestra or band at school or
0: I was in a church choir when I was small, yeah. Mm-hmm. Went to Sunday school and went to church. My great-grandparents, you know, were members of uh, Port Wentworth Baptist Church in Savannah. And that was a big part of my upbringing, was coming up in the church. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. I have a strong faith and a strong connection with, with the higher power that's known as God. And, you know, I'm just doing my work right here on earth.
1: I mean, I grew up much like you in a, in a sort of Christian family. And music has always played that sort of bridge for me. You know, I don't really understand the Bible. It confuses me a little. Right. But I've always believed in the sort of tenets of religion i guess and music has always felt like godliness to me in a funny way does that play that role in your life
0: yeah i mean actually music is the vibrations are what moves the soul you know what i mean like it's all about vibrations from the beat until the lyrics actually activate the brain to think and i mean it's just something that changes people's lives you know music can kind of it can make you cry. It can make you laugh. It can make you party, and it might be something that you want to make love and make kids too. Like um, my daughter, hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughter. <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of Sade playing in Isaac's brothers when, <laughs> when, when when my daughter was conceived. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it's it's a part of life.
1: So I'm very curious as to why you picked "Get Up, Get Out" as your song that you felt speaks for a moment where you found your voice i guess
0: you know it was on the first album and uh we were like young man like 18 19 years old we made that record
1: wow incredible
0: <laughs> you need to get up get out and get something don't let the days of your life pass by you need to get up get out and get something don't spend all your time trying to get high you need to get up get out and get something how will you make it if you never even We started touring people would come up to us and be like hey man that song get up get out changed my life man i, I went and i got off drugs and i got custody of my kids or i dropped out of school and i went back to school and got my ged or you know i went and got my real estate license like to see people motivated by a song that we made was mind-blowing like from here all the way to europe and it was just like the microphone is bigger than just being in the studio you can really enlighten people and also at the same time, you know, show them how you transitioned to be where you wanted to be and then you can help people through music. And that song was a very pivotal record because you begin to take the microphone a little bit more serious than you thought. You know what I'm saying?
1: Sure. But for people that were so young, I mean, you were 18, 19, I mean, looking back and and reading these lyrics, you're incredibly wise.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So,
1: where did that come from?
0: I think the wisdom for me since I was like the first nephew, the first grandchild, you know what I mean? I hung around mm-hmm. my aunts and uncles and my grandmother and I was like the the baby. So, everybody took me everywhere they went. You know what I mean? If they went to the store, so I would yeah. be around grown-ups a lot. And I was like a sponge, so I just kind of soaked up game. And, you know, I guess it kind of made me wise beyond my years from being around grown-ups, you know what I mean? And kind of understood the lingo uh-huh. or what they were saying and, and just how they treated me. But they didn't just treat me like a kid. They treated me like I was one of them, you know what I mean? So I thank my family for taking me grocery shopping and to the car wash and fishing with my grandmother and, and things like that. Because it, it shaped and molded my mind real young, you know what I mean? Like I, I saw yeah. responsible adults that were hustlers. That were all about family I used to hang out with my brothers. I call them my uncles. they taught me how to smoke herb I followed them when they ran so in the I was baby. and then I learned the what's
1: your process when you write
0: well nowadays a lot comes to me in a car but back then I didn't have a car so it was just a lot of times just being around the dungeon family members and just sitting around with your, your pen and your pad like to this day I, I use the ink pen and, and the pad I have all my raps that I've ever written I got the tablets to those. Oh my so, god! Yeah, so you know That's it's like it's, I know it's like a diary of sorts. You know what I mean? So,
1: of course, I, I
0: keep it under lock and key. But one one thing I started doing a couple of years ago, just so I can explore, you know, my writing habits. Like I would date the paper when I was started and the date and the time. Like cause, I mean, it's, sometimes I can write a song in an hour, or sometimes it might take. A couple of months, you know what I mean. So,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: I write the start and stop time of when I'm writing. So, what I've discovered is that oh
1: my god, you're so disciplined. I training. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've discovered that I write best during the hours of two, from two to like seven p.m. It's like when my mind is really, really, really flowing. Mm-hmm. One album that w- was like a nighttime vibe was when I did Speaker Box love below and we did that record that was more so coming in at 8 or 9 at night and leaving at 6 in the morning and Oy. for like a couple of years like I would be uh, in the studio so long to where I would miss the sun for weeks and weeks at a time So it got so bad that I was, yeah, I was vitamin D deficient because I'm inside of the dark (laughs) studio, you know, from the studio to my house and then the bed and it's dark and then you come back outside, the sun's setting, you know what I mean? So I kind of switched it up a little bit so I can get some of that (laughs) sunbeam.
1: Specifically with Get Up, Get Out, how long did it take you to write that song?
0: I think Get Up, Get Out probably took maybe two days, you know because you have it down and then you kind of proofread and go over and you change things. So
1: and then how long did it hang around for before you recorded it?
0: Well, the beat came maybe a couple of days before and we were just like, "Oh lord, we got to get on this." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. CeeLo Green came in. He, you know, did started his own part. Yeah, yeah, he wrote his own part. Yeah, wrote his right. own part and then he went into the hook, we thought it was part of his verse, but it was like, no, that's the hook. And it was just so dope, you know what I mean? He was a schoolmate of ours, and for him to come in and put that type of work in, and we just all just jumped on it, man, and made it one of those positive songs that's gonna live forever. Got problems of own, Nigga, you supposed to be I agree. I to be the man am supposed to be. But is all you seem to I admit I've done some dumb shit.
1: How does it work? Like you play a beat for somebody, and you all go off and write on your own, and then come back into the studio one night? Or
0: we were all just camped out in the studio, and Organized Noise was on the production, and they had the beat at first, and then the bass player came in, and then when the bass when the bass licks got on there, the do 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 do, that just brought. Everything out, like to me, those vibrations that comes from the chords that play on the bass, to me, that that the bass brings out the best of me. You know what I mean? So it's a certain kind of way you ride the beat with it being a slow tempo. It was like, man, you can just eat this thing. And so after the bass was laid, (laughs) and and CeeLo got on it, we were just vibing and vibing, and just camped out. And just spoke out truth on it and, and it, it came into fruition. Stand up, so what said you did kids. See, when I was a youngster, used to wear them fucking kids my mama made me do it, but the devil he made me smart. Taught me to deck them
1: weak ass niggas for they fucking started in the middle school. I was a bigger fool. I wore a tank top to show off my tattoo, thought it was cool. I used to And did it happen in the one night?
0: Uh, like two days, like two days.
1: When you finished it, were you aware that you had gold?
0: We knew that it was a gem on the album, cause the whole album, yeah. you know, being in our debut record, you know, we, we're we really, really, and always have been into lyricism. You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah. you know, CeeLo pushed me to write mine. And for my verse, you had Dre verse. And uh, then you had Big Gip from the Goody Mob. So we all fed off of each other's energy. And the verses got stronger and stronger as the song went on, man. So, I mean, it was always on Southern playlist List. The music was a collective effort. I'm taking a better shit to do with my time Never smelled the aroma of the diploma. diploma But I write the deep ass rhymes So let me take y'all way Back to when a nigga stayed in Southwest Atlanta, A Y'all could not tell me nothing Thought I hit that bottom rock At age 13, start working at that loading dock Then laying my mama off of work General Motors tripping But I come home back Like Hank from nicking and dipping When
1: you heat it to today would you change anything or are you like holy cow where did that come from?
0: Always like holy cow where did that come from? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> as you yeah. as you grow and you evolve and you mature, those are moments in time. I like to say that albums are like time capsules. They capture the essence of your life from the last time the listener heard you to the present time of what you're recording. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Anything from your personal life to politics to world affairs or anything crazy happening in the studio, you speak on it. You know what I'm saying? And that's where you draw the mm-hmm. best inspiration from. That's why, you know, we are producers and songwriters. And we started producing because we we just thought, like, how dope would it be to create the soundscape to the words of your emotion? You know what I mean? That is the coolest yeah. shit ever, man, you know, to kind of to make a record. And then to write the record, and it turns out like a, a German chocolate cake. Like, mm, mm, goddamn it, take good.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, ma'am.
1: And do you find it easier to write like that now, that you're experienced and you've had all your success? Or do you find your ghosts of your earlier career chomping at your heels?
0: No. Does it's, that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's difficult now having recorded hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs because I never want to sound like I've sounded before. So every, every song, every rhyme pattern, every lyric has to be different because anybody can go back mm-hmm. and mimic something or sample something and make the same record over and over again. Like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But we're always into creating new feelings, new vibes, new energy, Every time, you know what I'm saying? As long as it's honest and it's coming from your spirit, the people will feel it.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: We never wanted to be a part of what the norm was or going with the norm. Like, always wanted to do something new, man. And if you don't keep moving and evolving, then it gets stagnant. And then when it gets like that, then that's when I'll stop. You know what I mean? But right now, the creative juices are flowing so good. And I'm just now getting to my prime, I feel. I've balanced. Being an artist and an actor and a musician and a producer, along with a husband and a father. And now, you know, my kids are going out to college and I got all this free time. So I can do a lot more now.
1: What do your kids think about your career? I mean, that must blow their minds, no?
0: Yeah. they. they or is they, it they, nothing to them? No, they, they, they love it. They're music lovers. You know what I'm saying? Like the same way. My grandmother and my uncle exposed me to all types of music. My kids have been listening to everything since they've been in the womb. You know what I mean? So
1: mm-hmm.
0: now they turn me on music. Like, my daughter's into a lot of the indie, electro, rock, soul music. And my sons are into trap music and and some of everything. You know what I mean? So they kind of, you know, they keep me on my toes. Like, from the time they were babies, you know, they they've been my secret A&Rs. Like, I would test out records like... Uh, bombs of a Bad Dad, and my kids just go crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'll be like, hey, Dre, I <laughs> uh, played this for Jordan, and she couldn't stay out of her car seat. Like, yeah, let's finish this one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been on my team. hmm
1: So you're about to go on tour, correct?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. So
1: can I ask you a really cheeky question? Yep. How many weeks do you have to rehearse to remember all these words? Because it's so much. It's so worthy. If
0: you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You need to get up, get out, get something, smoke out, because it's all about money, 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 yeah, right, shit. A nigga's boat plats in the brave, said I hang with Rico A, because the dungeon is where the funk's at. Why? I'm too to organize, because they raise me. I'm also down with the face, because L.A. Reid, yeah, he pays me energy. My favorite part of making music is performing. And, you know, doing at least maybe 100 shows a year, it's like riding a bicycle, you know what I mean? And when we perform, we sound just like the record. And when you're an artist, you're supposed to be able to perform live. So the answer to your question is, yes, I remember.
1: Yeah. And you said that performing is your favorite part of being a musician?
0: I love it. To sit at a desk and write a song and envision the crowd singing it and then to travel to Ireland or France or California or Denver or wherever it is in the world and to see the people and feel their energies looking you in your eyes singing what you created word for word is no better feeling than that and plus i like to travel and and get to know the different cities when i go out like another thing that kind of you know expanded our minds as being youngsters were when we started traveling and when you go to different cities, you begin to see that the world is bigger than your street or your block or your neighborhood where you come from. And you get to kind of dive into different cultures and see how other people leave. And it just broadens your horizons.
1: What is it that you have not done yet that you really want to do?
0: Uh, do a song with Kate Bush. That's it. Every, I've, oh done, I've, I've done it all. I've done, done it all. But, Have yeah. you
1: tried contacting her?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've I've contacted. Her. I got her number. I've, we went and had the dinner. We sat down, just the two of us had Come dinner. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had
1: dinner with Kate Bush?
0: Absolutely. She took and me.
1: How, to, how was that?
0: That was it. Was oh inc- it was incredible? It was when we were doing the Outcast Twenty tour about five years ago, and she had the Before the Dawn um, residency that she was doing, and, and me, I took my wife. Oh,
1: that's right.
0: I took my wife and. I met her then and then we kept in contact and then I went back a couple of years later and we had dinner and just talked about music and our kids going to college and she's a beautiful spirit inside and out and she's just a very nice person and we're gonna make it happen one day. Hopefully, God will. Oh
1: my God. I hope so. I'm praying for you, brother. Yes. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Listen, thank you for sharing all this with us today you are spectacular thank Thank you you so much I love you
0: thank you so much I love you too and sorry about last week (laughs) it's all good
1: good luck with the tour all right now all right take care oh I love him Next week on The Jump, Esperanza Spaulding.
0: I left my manager, I left my agent, everybody was mad at me. I bought a Volkswagen Beetle, I was just in awe, I was like, I don't know what's going on, like, ah, I just need to play.
1: The Jump is an original series from Mailchimp, and I'm your host, Shirley Manson. It's produced in partnership with Little Everywhere, executive produced by Dan Galucci, Jane Marie, and Rushi K. Shearway. Original music composed by Rushikesh Hirwe. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts.